Welcome to Amplified. We're the show that will help you take your message, whatever it may be, and get it out through social media, networking, and other marketing channels. Maybe even some that you've never thought of. Whether you're an organization, small or large business, or you just have the next positive message that's sure to go viral, you'll want to stay tuned this hour. Now, here's your host, Ken Rashawn. Well, good morning. This is Ken Rashawn with Amplified, and we have our sponsors, Big Events USA, Peace Smiling Movement, and the Red Carpet Connection. So, Andrea, how are you doing? I'm doing wonderful. I'm in San Diego and uh, already starting these uh, this week's events by uh, starting with a really excellent, uh, two excellent events this last weekend. Uh, one called uh, Brain Quest Mastermind with uh, Leo Hefner, who will be one of our guests. And um, the other one with uh, Pauline Crawford Ump, a Magical Conversation. So it's been a great weekend already. Well, fantastic. I'm glad every week is for you. I'll tell you, I had a very serious car accident last week. And when you lose your phone, your computer, and your car, life really gets you a message of what is important and uh, how precious life is. And then you have to relearn every password. You have to find out how to even do a radio show. So uh, every single thing has been so lovely and challenging for the last week. So I'm glad to hear that you have had a wonderful time in San Diego, but man, it is daunting <laughs> well, to restart life with, gosh, I don't have a computer, I don't have a phone, all that stuff. So why don't we go ahead and introduce guests now? Well, we certainly can, but at the same time, I want to let people know that one of the things I learned about your accident is that's why I'm here, is because uh, because I know that life can change in a minute already from other things in my life, and the the scare of losing my business partner and my and being you know not having my co-host with me was devastating. So I instantly, when Leo called me and told me about this opportunity, I had to jump on it because. That's how we take action in the world is by sometimes having a huge shift that gets us thinking about what's really happening in the world. So um, the first guest, um, I don't know if you guys can all hear the phone ringing as well into Amplified, (laughs) Um, is uh, Ted Arjantos, who uh, is going to be a cameo with us. He uh, was at the BrainQuest Mastermind here in San Diego what a fabulous guy. He's a real estate mogul, does some other really amazing things, and uh, bounced back from near death after a crazy uh, near death experience with a West Nile virus. So, uh, Ted, if you can hear me, please join the show. We'd love to hear from you. Hi, Dave. Hey, um, nice to be on your show. Hope I can add something. Well, you certainly can. Um, so, we had an opportunity to meet you at BrainQuest Mastermind. And I wanted you to first start by sharing how you ended up there and then tell us uh, a little bit about your experience with uh, Mastermind. Uh, no problems. I, um, I do uh, a bunch of real estate out in the Midwest, and I was out in uh, South Bend, Indiana, and I live in Vegas. Um, and I'm uh, driving around looking at some stuff, and I get a call, and it's Leo Hefner. And uh, he's, he's also in South Bend. So uh, we uh, we crossed paths over there once in a while. So we got to talking, and uh, he invited me out to California for that uh, brain quest, the mastermind. 
and that's how I, we ran into each other uh, on Saturday. Um, we both uh, just buy little houses out there and uh, for rentals. So it's a lot of travel just to to get to the work, basically. One of the things I know that you and Leo have in common is that you uh, guys travel over the United States and buy like depressed properties and, and then flip them and get them going so that you guys can create a debt-free lifestyle. And then now you guys are partnering to um, share that with other people. So I wondered what your experience was with this mastermind of the 12 people that were there on Saturday, what you got out of it, what were some huge takeaways? Well, sure, sure. So, uh, first of all, I've never been to one, so that was my first one, and it was a uh, it was a real nice experience. Just you know, and and the word nice is important. You know, there's not a lot of stress. Uh, there's um, ten, twelve people, and we got together, and uh, everybody started by introducing themselves and then discussing things that are relevant, things that are going on in their lives that uh, they want to talk about that uh, maybe the group can either learn or help them with. So the, uh, I think the nicest part is just, just getting to meet, you know, different people that you wouldn't normally run into and actually spending some quality time with them and learning about their lives and about their issues. You know, the discussion, just discussing stuff with people is pretty important sometimes. Yeah, so um, so for people that are listening, uh, so this being a first-time experience for Ted and a couple others who had not been in a mastermind before, um, it was pretty profound for them to be able to share their business and where they're at and some of the challenges and ask the group for, for assistance or help or advice or ideas on how to maximize what they're doing to monetize their uh, business, to um, maybe get more help, get more details. And I'd love to have you on in the future, Ted, to tell your whole story about the whole West Nile. Um, but for the sake of time and so people understand, um, you know, your give back to the community. Um, and since Ken hasn't got to meet you, uh, I wondered if you'd share briefly how, what ha- happened or where you were in your world and then what happened with that whole mosquito issue. Well, you know, look, um, uh, I was, uh, my, my background's all financial, and it's, it's kind of a specialized field. I used to be a, a commodity trader at the Board of Trade in Chicago. And um, at the time, uh, about 11 years ago, 10 years ago now, I was a uh, chief financial officer at a pharmaceutical company in Chicago. And, you know, I, was, I, I, I had pretty much anything... Um, I had always wanted when I was a kid, you know, I had a, uh, a good, a good job, a good wife. And, you know, I had some, I had some pretty cool cars. I used to collect Corvettes. Um, so things were clipping along. I took a little vacation to Europe with my son and we, uh, we landed in Paris from Chicago and we rented a car a convertible and started driving around. I mean, literally we drove, from Paris to the south of France, around the uh, French uh, Riviera, uh, Monte Carlo, all those uh, locations into the Italian Riviera, and then up all the way to, to Venice, and then took a boat to Greece, and then kind of all over, but just kept driving. 
went through uh, Switzerland, went through a whole bunch of stuff. Um, some of those trips involved uh, ferries, and those ferries uh, in the uh, in the summertime they're pretty packed, so they don't have any cabins that they can let you use. They let you uh, sleep on deck. They call it camping, and those ferries might take a couple of days to get somewhere. So um, I slept outside for a couple of days, and I just you know, I remember one day waking up and I had all these uh, swellings on my uh, ankle, and I'd gotten bit by mosquitoes overnight and didn't think too much of it. Well, anyway, I get back to the U.S. and I've got like this, like, just, it seems like a, like a, like the flu symptoms. My, uh, my muscles are sore. My bones are sore. And so I went to the doctor. He, he didn't think of anything, uh, really, you know, pressing on it. And, uh, went to sleep one day, woke up at three in the morning, could not move. Everything hurt. Tried to get to the hospital, uh, couldn't drive over there, got a taxi, got into the hospital, and that's the last thing I remember. I was out for about 10 days unconscious, and when I did regain consciousness, I was paralyzed on a ventilator. I, I, well, I was, on a, I was intubated, and then uh, they eventually put me on a ventilator, and I was like that uh, for seven months on a ventilator and didn't get out of the hospital for about a year. So... Um, you know, it's, it's kind of hard to describe uh, being in that situation because you, you, you basically can't breathe. You're not breathing. I mean, imagine just trying to hold your being underwater for, for seven months, right? Like you don't know if you're going to get uh, that next, next puff of air into you that keep you alive. So um, it, uh, it does clear out the cobwebs, you know. And the, the thing... The thing that uh, it changed in me is just my perception of what's important. So, you know, and I, and I can only talk for myself. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people go through a lot of traumas and it changes them. But for me, it just made it um, crystal clear that, you know, all material stuff is necessary to an extent. But it's, it's just we're just chasing our tails. Right. The next. uh the next nicest car, the next biggest house. It's it's just we're just chasing our tails. There's no there's no end to it. You know, it's like a, a never ending V of desire, and it's it's just uh it, it's something that drives us and keeps us moving forward. But all the important stuff is really, you know, your family, your friends, the relationships, and what you can what you can add to the world. Yeah. Well, Ted, I really appreciate you being on and sharing that story because when um, I had shared with you Barry Shore's story and the Keep Smiling movement and you shared about your experience being on the um, vent and laying there alone with, you know, no one being in the room and how, you know, I just the idea of just looking up in the corner and hoping that somebody will come in and visit you or talk to you uh, certainly hit home for me because of Barry Shore's experience uh, being a quadriplegic for eight years before he could walk again. And uh, so I, I certainly appreciate you sharing your story and sharing um, what you got as your impact from the mastermind. And so we'll um, have to follow up with you again in another time, but I, I wanted to thank you for joining us this morning and, and sharing your input at the mastermind um, because, uh, you know, your experience in so many different industries and the amazing things that you've done um, both before uh, your mosquito bite and afterwards have been pretty impactful. So 
thank you so much for calling in and um uh and well, I, 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 I have a question time. for I have okay. a question for Ted real quick. So so our audience can actually appreciate maybe the learning uh takeaway. Ted, is there anything you would have done differently? Is there anything uh someone could do to make sure that they didn't have this experience? Look, I mean, besides mosquito repellent, uh, you know, it, mosquitoes are extremely dangerous. Uh, if if uh, you look at the statistics um, between malaria and, and you know, uh, West Nile and, and Tiki, all, oh, there's all kinds of stuff you can catch. Mosquitoes are really dangerous. And they're, um, you know, you, you just take them for granted, but it's, it's extremely, you'd be amazed how many people die all over the world from mosquito bites. Um, that's, that's one thing. But really, look, look, the takeaway is this, you know, just don't get caught up. You know, Ken, you just had an experience, right? You just went through a bit of trauma, and it just clears the slate. You know, you're not sitting there worried about making your next appointment or, you know, if the eggs, if your egg McMuffin is cold when you got it from McDonald's. You know what I'm saying? It's just there's things that are really important and things that are just trivial. And you end up noticing, like, 99% of the stuff that goes on during the day is kind of trivial. You know, just focus on people, yeah. taking care of people. I agree with you, and it, it, your your message is so solid. I, I want to just – I don't want to let you off the air quite yet because I, I want to ask just one or two more questions. So is there a problem in the United States with mosquitoes as far as causing uh, any of these ailments or death? Say again, is there a problem of – I didn't quite Is there a problem time? with mosquitoes in the United States? And, and then the second question would be where – where should you be aware of the traveling issues? Uh, so, okay, there is West Nile uh, in the summertime in the northern states is, is uh, occurs. It's not common. It's it, it a northern state. And um, we've, even, we've even had uh, West what Nile out here in uh, Nevada, right? So uh, you, you right. just got to... You just got to avoid mosquitoes. They're just nothing but trouble for me. And I mean, even even if they don't give you anything, they uh, they give you little bumps and uh, they're scratchy and they're irritating. Um, I caught there, I caught the something? West Nile off off the coast of uh, Italy on a boat. My goodness. Okay, so had you yeah. had Helen, that may have prevented it. Well, I, there's no medic. There's no way to inoculate yourself from it. They have nothing like that. The, the only thing you can do is just avoid mosquitoes. I can hear a little bit about West Nile uh, just because I'm aware of it because it affects horses, too, and my daughter has horses. So West Nile exists all over the United States, and um, really there's just different alerts that happen at different times and different times of year to let people know when things are happening and when it's the uh, worst season. It's usually after it rains and there's sitting water where the mosquito population goes up. And um, it's usually looking for CDC uh, reports and knowing and avoiding certain times of the day when the mosquitoes are worse, like in the morning and, and in the evening at dusk and dawn, and uh, wearing uh, clothes that cover your whole entire skin and, and mosquito repellent and keeping an eye on it the second that you see it to get hospitalization care if you start getting the warning signs uh, right away. Well, we can, we can put a link on the show that just uh, goes a little deeper because we want to make sure we have time for our other two guests. But, you know, that and ticks, I, I know people that have um, been infected by a tick and they get Lyme disease and their whole life is upside down afterwards. They're lethargic. They, so in retrospect, I guess, in a way, your story isn't just what the, doctors order, the doctor ordered because 
having your life turned upside down uh, with an accident is certainly not having your life turned upside down. It's just having, it's just, it's not having your entire life. It's just having your week or your month messed up because you got to deal with all the fix it up and re- repair and insurance companies. So yeah, this is a, this is a good perspective call, Ted. Thank you. All right, Andrea, we can bring on our next guest, please. Absolutely. So our next, guest is the host of the BrainQuest uh, Mastermind. His name is Leo Hefner. Uh, Leo has done some pretty amazing things in the world. He's connected with some really cool people to allow himself to leverage his business and his life in such a way that he can uh, live debt-free. And uh, I really uh, want to bring him on right away so we can really talk more about him and things he's accomplished. Uh, so, uh, Leo, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Leo, uh, you've done so many amazing things. I, I wanted you to be able to share that with Ken as Ken goes through the questions that he normally asks. Leo, my brother. Yes, sir. I'll tell you, you got to hear an earful of people with miseries right now. So have you ever had a miserable day in your life or a challenge? I mean, or has it always been like waking up and it's heaven and fluffy <laughs> clouds? Well, you know, um, I, yeah, no, we've all had our share of miserable days. <laughs> um, you know, it, it's when I when I try and think back and try and think what those are, though they don't really stand out. I mean, they're, they're big things like losing my mom, um, having a tragic accident with an animal. Um, you know, I mean, they're even the things that affected me, like you know, breaking my ankle. I, it's it, I have to dig for things. I don't dwell on the bad things that have happened in my life. They're part of who I am and what made me, but I don't, yeah, they're, they're well, back there somewhere. That's a, yeah, that's a good point, Leo, because if you don't have that upsetting accident or a mosquito bite or Lyme disease or whatever that knocks you out for a little while, then yeah, it, it is. Well, losing your mom is obviously more than a day though. That's a, that's a morning period, depending on how close you are to your mom. So, we want to uh, get away from this theme and talk about... Well, before we actually go away from that, on the mosquito thing, so yeah. I've, I grew up in Hawaii. I've, I've had bugs, mosquitoes, pretty much wherever I've lived my whole life. And uh, uh, a couple of years ago, we, I, we took a family trip out to the East Coast from uh, Virginia and drove all the way back to San Diego. And we were out in the Outer Banks, and mosquitoes are thick out there. And a lot of people on the West Coast, by the way, have no idea what the Outer Banks are. It's crazy. But we found a mosquito spray that works so well that we have to order it by, by mail because we can't buy it on the West Coast. And it's, uh, it, can I say what it is? Is that okay? You can not only say what it is, is it available on Amazon so people can just go there and search it? It is. It's a Moe's OBX Skeeter Beater, and it's actually made out on the Outer Banks, and it's all natural. There's no DEP, and, I mean, it's it's uh, like geranium oil, rosemary oil, lemongrass, and peppermint, and it works amazing. You know, that was the question I really wanted to ask, Ted, if we had more time. I wanted to ask, is there something you can eat or something that's natural that actually repels mosquitoes? So that's awesome you brought that in. Yeah, I mean, I went searching through the house to find the last bottle I have because I really have to order more since it's raining in San Diego now. But, I mean, this stuff has been amazing. It's, it's great. Yeah, we so, use it on the Leo, horses, too. Well, I might just buy a horse just to put some, some of that stuff on the horse. 
<laughs> so, Leo, but you can, you're, you can you're doubt your kid in it. Go ahead. <laughs> Sorry. Well, you're a very interesting guy, Leo, because you are someone that I had run into so many times at other events. We kept uh, seeing each other and not knowing really, I guess, the relevance of how a relationship would be created. But once we had a conversation, it was like brotherhood. And I have to thank you because so many good things have happened in my life as a result of knowing you and the support, the sponsorship, and just the love, man. You are an amazing leader, and I'm really excited about your masterminds because you're the kind of guy that brings the love to a mastermind. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, it's great to hear. I'm, I'm actually looking forward to seeing you again this week. I'd love to catch up. Cool. So tell me about this week. What, what events are you doing? Um, let's see. You got a city summit city gala is coming up uh, this weekend. And then there's, there's a, there's quite a few different events. Um, I haven't decided if I'm just going to be there uh, supporting Ryan and, you know, uh, the nonprofits that, that he supports, or if I'm going to be able to make it to some of the other events that are going on. Um, and then, uh, uh, there's traffic and conversion coming up next week. Then, uh, yeah, well, then I go visit my dad in Hawaii for a week after that. So just for the next tough, couple tough. of you know, couple of weeks, it's gonna be busy. I'll tell you, I think it was like the opportunity God all got together and said, "This week, let's put Leadership Extreme, City Gala, City Summit, Traffic Conversion, Pure JV, every single thing that you could possibly do in the same five six days, and let's watch the world scramble in the East and the West Coast." <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so if it wasn't for you, Andrea and Kent Georgie, I, w- I don't know how we'd ever actually cover these six events. So I'm really excited to be working with you to make sure we share the talent and amplify all this goodness and leadership. And I will see you, obviously, at a city, Summit City Gala some of those days. And Andrea will be there as well. So let's talk about your story. Uh, you were you were a little Leo at one point, I'm guessing. And what happened in your little Leo life that caused you to be this very serial entrepreneur and this real estate um, success story? So you know, it's funny. The, the first two years of my life are say it again. Uh, he was just saying we're going to break soon, so do, do not worry about that. Keep going. Okay, um, we're. Uh, the first two years of my life were pretty, pretty cool. I mean, I was, I was born on surf safari. My folks went to Kauai uh, from Santa Cruz area. And, uh, um, I showed up and, you know, my first house was a tree house down at Elizabeth Taylor's property on the North shore of Kauai. And, uh, my folks were surfing every day. And then we eventually moved into a bread van and, uh, so they could get to the surf spots on the other side of the Island. And then we moved to New Zealand, and so, you know, my folks would go surfing down there, and, you know, that was, there was a lot of traveling in my first several years that I don't really remember, uh, you know, coming up through Mexico and um, after New Zealand, ending up in Santa Cruz and bouncing around between San Diego, Santa Cruz, Northern California, and then eventually my, my dad you? moved back to... Uh, I think that was between born and about four or five years old. Okay. And then my, by about five, my dad had moved back to, uh, had moved back to Hanalei 
And um, so I started going and seeing him on it's during the summers and flying by myself on TWA. And my mom sticked me on an airplane and up in San Francisco and, you know, navigating the, the uh, airports on the other side, you know, either by myself or with a stewardess or somebody. I don't really remember as a little guy getting over to Kauai to go, you know, to go see dad for the summer. And, and I pretty much grew up. For a second. Leo, talk yeah. about your dad for a second. Um, who, who was he for you? What did, what kind of uh, impact did he have in your life? Uh, my dad's a good guy. He, uh, he was in, he was in instruction for most of my younger years. And then as I started hitting, uh, I guess elementary school, he got his real estate license. Uh, over on Kauai and uh, started a property management company. And then my, uh, my stepmom, she got her, her real estate license and took over the property management and he went on to sales and how he went about his, so he was very successful in, in real estate sales. And it was all very unorthodox. In fact, he wasn't very popular with the other realtors because he had this love and passion for fishing. So he, these clients would come in from the mainland from, you know, the States and he'd just take them out fishing, find out what they did. He'd connect with them on a deeper level, go out, have fun, you know, have a couple of beers, catch some fish, come back in and, you know, sell them a million dollar house. And because everyone just saw him going fishing, how the hell is he closing all these deals? It's just how he did it. And he became very good at, at creating these relationships that would just create more, it would just create more of everything, more friends. I mean, we get our first VCR was sent from, you know, a guy who bought a house from a couple of years ago, actually it was a Betamax. When they, when those first came out, we got one. We had no idea what even to put in it because we're on the North shore of Kauai and what the hell's a Betamax? You know, I remember our, our first real TV came from a client from somewhere in the Midwest and VCR and, you know, we couldn't get, see, we didn't have cable and there was no TV signal. So, I mean, to watch a football game, I had to hold a rabbit ear and touch a nail on the opposite wall stretched out so I could <laughs> barely see it to kind of get the fuzzy images to see a football game. It was crazy. You know, Leo, that's what I'm doing right now with my phone just to make sure I can be on the call with you. All right, carry on, carry on, Leo. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, you know, eventually, uh, you know, my, my stepmom, my dad, they, they broke up. She maintained and ended up buying the real estate office that they'd been at forever. My dad moved to South Kona, where he's been for the last 25 years or so. And uh, he got out of real estate, but, you know, he's, he's done very well fishing. Um, and we're talking, when we're, we're talking fishing, he's, he's living in one of, in the last, Hawaiian fishing village in Hawaii. And really it's, it's kind of far out there, but it's like, I have friends of mine that, that will go fishing with him a couple times a year. And the first time they go, I tell them, look, you're going to be in a boat. That's like, it's a skiff. It's 15, depending on what boat you're taking, it's going to be 15 feet or 18 feet long. And just getting in the water to go putting the boat in the water that will already be the best day fishing in your life ever because it's crazy. And every time they come back, they're like, Oh my God, if we had never even caught a fish, it would have been amazing because you got to drop the boat in down this hodgepodge, rocky, super bumpy uh, boat launch. 
and then get the boat in the water, and then you got to drive between a couple of coral heads, pop over a couple of waves to then get into the bay to then get out. And even big well, surf, you do, I mean, it's just, it's crazy. It sounds there's like there's always a turtle that hangs around in there. Say it again? You know, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to cut this so that we can actually get to a couple of the pieces of uh, questions that have to do with um, what you've actually done and what your challenges are so we can have the audience learn some of your gold nuggets. Oh, sure. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Your story is fantastic and I would love to continue, but we have one more guest. We need to make sure we give them enough time. I think, you know, Lewis, Lewis. So um, Leo, Leo, are you ready? (laughs) I'm ready. (laughs) So, I remember so, you going to New York, and you went to an investor conference, and that was a speaking opportunity where you were able to share your vision and get investors. I want you to speak about what you're actually accomplishing and your unique selling proposition or the unique business model you've created and why that's so important. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. So um, we have a, 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 it's a debt-free private real estate equity fund where we buy and hold cash flowing residential real estate in the Midwest. And it's an alternative investment vehicle for accredited investors that makes a change in the community that we operate in for some of the poorest people that live there. Um, what that means is we go into some of these communities that people you know, deem as ghetto or the, the little houses that, that don't cost much, that don't rent much, that they don't, that they don't want to buy. We go into those areas because there's people living there, raising families, just like the rest of us, trying to make ends meet, just like the rest of us. And most of the investors that buy in those areas, they don't care about the houses and they don't care about the people living in them. So all the stories that you hear are, you know, those types of renters will destroy your house. They don't pay, you know, and they have every reason not to buy those houses. I see it a little differently. We go into these neighborhoods we buy houses and we fix them up in such a way where they're not a little crappy house that someone's trying to raise their family in, regardless of how much money they make. And if you treat them with a little bit of respect and dignity and be thankful for them being there, it's amazing how they don't trash your house and they do strive to pay their rent. And if you have, you're dealing with people, not just an asset. I mean, their house is, yes, you need the cash flow because that's when the investors need to make their ROI, but it's about the people. If the people like you and the people are happy living there, then they will usually strive to be better people because they do want to be there. And and just little simple things like sending a $20 gift card for Christmas with, you know, a Christmas card here. Hey, you know, whoever you are in the house or dear renter, because I don't have the lease to say who exactly you are. I appreciate you being in the house, and I'll, I'll look forward to meeting you sometime because I come and look at all the houses a couple times a year, and here's 20 bucks. Have a Merry Christmas. Little things. It doesn't awesome. cost as much to do that. And it's, yeah, it's, it's really neat. It's, it's really neat to see the types of differences we can make in people's lives in that arena. I mean, it feels good. I totally agree. So your new endeavor is mastermind, and to kind of wrap up this segment, I want you to share why that's important for you to um, provide this opportunity for people and what masterminds have done for you. So the mastermind, you know, it's um, I, I myself and eleven other people 
helped, uh, got together with Greg, Greg Reed at the beginning of the year, and we started the Mastermind Association. And, you know, until the last couple of years, I've never really had an opportunity to be, to be part of Masterminds and see the power of it. You know, I've been to a bunch of seminars that call them Masterminds and have since learned that, you know, they're not Masterminds. It's just a thing that people now, it's a buzzword. It's like a boot camp. So bringing back the mastermind to what its core is supposed to be, which is creating the third mind in the room to help solve problems. It's powerful. It's so powerful. And so many people don't understand it nowadays that even as I'm posting that on Facebook and telling people we're having a mastermind, I'm still getting all the messages. Who are the speakers? Well, what do you mean? Who are the speakers? It's a mastermind, not a seminar. People show up to the mastermind, they're still confused. So who are the speakers? Okay, so we need to re-educate people a bit of what a mastermind is. And, you know, it's a group of 6 to 12 to 15 people, much more than that, and it's out of hand, who get together and help each other clear the hurdles in life and business. It's not a therapy session, but sometimes it can be because mindset can get in your way. And I, I, the first one that I hosted was in December, and I think there was 25, maybe 30 people there, and everyone had six minutes because we had limited time. And the feedback that came out of that session was that people were blown away by what they got out of such a rushed, very focused group. And there was a lot of background noise, and it was crazy, but it really felt good. And the people that came up and were like, man, that was amazing. Thanks for doing that. I'm like, my pleasure. It, it, just, it just adds one more level of a way to be able to help those peers and people around me that I didn't know that I, how I could help them. So I'm really excited about doing, doing another one. And we're going to start and having very every month for you. in San Diego. And you're going to be Thank you. branching out across the United States, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Actually, I have somebody who's uh, looking forward to putting having me put one together in Seattle, uh, Houston, and uh, Miami right now. So I want to I want to say a couple things real quick. First of all, mindset doesn't get in your way unless your mindset is negative or your mindset is trapping you to think smaller than you really can be. So mindset is actually the reason you make it because you shift it to be powerful and you shift it to not have excuses, and you should do Would you agree with that? Um, yes and no, but, I mean, everyone has a different mindset. Whether that mindset creates barriers or tears down barriers really depends on that person's mindset. So what you exactly. described is a positive mindset, but not, not everybody has that. Exactly, and, and when you said mindset, you used it in a negative connotation, so I just wanted to preface that your mindset success or it's actually your your roadblock to never actually amounting to much because you believe in what you are actually creating in your mind. So masterminds surround yourself and they surround yourself with a very abundant thinkers and people that believe all is possible. So um, you get your best mindset experience from a mastermind. I wanted to acknowledge you, Leo, because when I asked you how you solve problems, create abundance and inspire smiles in the world by doing a key smiling book, you said, yep, I'll be happy to do a book. And we launched your book at Secret Knock. I think it's your first book at this point that's published just on Amazon. But I just want to acknowledge you. You're a person that takes action. You're a person that 
cares deeply about inspiring people and creating abundance. And to the, the interview, you care about the common person having a life that they can be proud of, that they're respected, and that they can return that respect to who is actually working with them. So I'm, I'm very thankful and impressed with how you conduct yourself. Well, thank you. Thank you. I, I appreciate that. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's not every day I feel like I get to share my story, and I appreciate the opportunity. Well, we're going to make sure this book um, gets to as many people as possible. My goal is at least 10,000 people are inspired by your Keep Smiling book. And uh, we're going to make a link to this book so you can download it. It's going to be on a couple places, the Amplified page as well as the Keep Smiling Movement website. But if you read Leo's story, you'll see that this is a dreamer, this is a person that doesn't look at reasons why things can't happen. He creates innovative ways, and he really does spend the time to cultivate a relationship that is massive value. And I am really, really proud to call you a brother, Leo. You're an awesome guy. Thank you so much for being on the show. Hey, thank you very much for having me. We'll see you soon. All right, Andre, if you'll please. Okay, I look forward to it. Lewis. And I am so glad so, that his name yeah. is not Lewis L. Lewis because it could have been Lewis Lewis Lewis. <laughs> so Lewis Scott Lewis is joining us next. Um, Lewis has this uh, beautiful vision for not only helping the community and businesses from business to business, but to uh, creating an opportunity for businesses to up their game and up their marketing with his onemovement.com. And um, uh, really, just uh, for sake of time, let's just go ahead and pull them on. Lewis, can you hear us? Hello, you guys. Can you hear me okay? Yes. I can hear you better. I probably hear you very goodly. Goodly. That's great. Uh, well, I, I heard the – thank you, Andrea. I heard the uh, – or can the Lewis, Lewis, Lewis comment. You know, I was threatening my wife. Uh, we should name my son Lewis, Lewis, Lewis. But she didn't think it was such a good idea. So I figured I had well, to get think, even with someone, right? <laughs> well, it's not getting even. I, I think that name is powerful with all those L's. I mean, you got LL Cool J. He didn't, you know that LL stands for Lewis Lewis Cool J, right? You know that, right? Well, it was actually Cool Breeze, brother. LL Cool J was <laughs> and I had to be original. <laughs> <laughs> so we met umpteen times at CEO Space, Secret Knock. I mean, to be on the show, we have run into each other 30 events. Is that kind of a, a fair estimate? I would say so, yeah. Absolutely. We're in a lot of the same circles. And that circle are dreamers, serial entrepreneurs, people that really want to shape the world, and people that believe that leadership and being with like-minded, like-hearted people actually can synergize and cause that miracle to happen. So talk about the miracle you're creating, the, the one movement. And by the way, I love what you've done with the branding. I love what you've done with uh, the, the motorcycle. You really have made a statement with that. So share your vision and why it's so important. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. And I just wanted to add, thank you for having me on board. And I'm glad you're okay. Uh, you know, it, it's funny how things can suddenly take a change when you're not expecting it. So I'm glad 
made out of that accident, okay? So, uh, yeah, my story really began, um, I'll give you a little background. Back in 2008, when the economy collapsed, uh, you know, millions of people lost their homes, they were losing their careers, and uh, they were uncertain of their financial futures. But really, what really grabbed my attention, Ken, was uh, a year later, Everyone was still pointing fingers, and they weren't they weren't um, offering a solution. Now, I, I guess I'm I've always been on uh, autopilot and kind of in my own Lewis Lewis land. But when I realized nothing was really being solved, see, I grew up in a family where you weren't allowed to complain unless you had a solution to offer. So I, that was beyond me. So I decided. I'd, focus on coming up with a simple solution that would be able to either prevent uh, that kind of economic collapse from happening again, or at least put us in a position to weather a storm if we were faced with another economic state of emergency. And we have several times, but I'm happy to say I've honed this message. Uh, I've come up with a pretty simple solution that I believe will not only positively impact your life, it'll impact the lives of those around you at the same time. And I don't care if, well, I don't care if we're in business for ourselves or we're working at a job that that we love for someone else. We're all in this together. So let's see what we we can do together to create a positive impact. And... uh, yeah, that's what set me on this course. So I believe it comes down to the part of the economy that directly affects us all. And I, I'm putting my focus right now on uh, lessening the burden of small businesses because they're under a tremendous amount of strain with the advertising and marketing industry set up the way it is. Uh, there's just not enough time in the day to draw attention to all the people that have value to add to our lives. And uh, there's a lot of different anomalies that are going on. I'll give you a, for instance, kind of put you in the right perspective, uh, frame of mind. Have you ever walked down the strip mall by your home and you notice the storefront or uh, uh, office space that was for lease, but you can't remember what was there before uh, they went out of business? You know that, Ken, Andrea? I do. I do. Yeah, I and do I attribute that back. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was, I was, I was going to say, in this day and age, that happens all too often. It really does. And um, I equate it back to something that I experienced back in 1997 when I uh, created my first uh, business website for some colleagues of mine. And uh, they called it banner blindness, right? So they were just trying to figure out how to monetize the internet. And uh, so they were throwing all these hokey banners all over websites, trying to get people's attention uh, so that they could, you know, bring new customers into their or alert them to their business and sell their goods, products, services. But what wound up happening is um, people started ignoring those banners, and they called it banner blindness. I really believe that's what's taking place today. We have all these businesses 
along the sides of the streets. And um, we just kind of assume that other people are shopping there. And, and we're almost completely reliant right now on uh, the results in our search engines and uh, deal sites, what's being offered on there. And if we're not seeing something, well, then it doesn't really exist. And that's unfortunate because not all small businesses have the, they don't have the money, the time, the resources to successfully compete in the marketplace and simply because it's costly, competitive, and increasingly crowded. So, um, yeah, it's time to do something about that. A little focus on these family-owned businesses, local businesses that can really provide a lot of value to our lives, and we can reciprocate by giving them a little bit more attention and a little more respect. Uh, because they're going unnoticed, and they deserve they deserve our attention. Well, I have a personal question for you, if I may. Sure thing. Go ahead. Um, the paper plate is a symbol of businesses that belong to this movement. Can you tell me about that? Uh, yeah. It depends on how deep you want to go with the paper plate. I, I think the, the paper plate is eye-catching people tend to wonder why is there a paper plate in front of your business? And it starts the conversation, but not only that, uh, a paper plate is something that we, that's accessible all around the world. So there's really no barrier to entry. If you believe small business is important to the success of your community, if you, like the idea or love the idea of being surprised with a good deal whenever you shop and you want to have more of a say in uh, how the future unfolds for us all. I, I believe uh, the paper plate project or the paper plate itself is, is a great way to start that conversation. And it, and it represents an actionable, an actionable way to uh, begin creating change and, redirecting a little online spending and awareness back to local businesses and professionals uh, in and around your community and communities all around the world. So I would say the, the paper plate with one movement on it is just designed to draw your attention to onemovement.com, our mission right now. And, um, can you share the mission? And it's not. Absolutely. Uh, the mission, it's two separate, two separate um, solutions here, independent solutions that have the potential to be world-changing events. Um, I don't believe there's anything other than religion and spiritual belief that's more powerful than a unified global movement of everyone saying the same thing. I mean, you could say something. And you can make quite a bit of noise by yourself. However, when you get uh, a lot of people saying the same things right beside you, all of a sudden you become quite a bit louder. So the mission is to create a global community of doers, action takers, if you will, that are just set. Ready, willing, and able to implement simple solutions that can uh, create uh, solve problems. Yeah. 
So the paper plays about getting your attention, uh, getting you to take action, and when it's displayed, it's really a, a constant reminder of what we're capable of accomplishing together. Well, I, I know we're running a little out of time for a uh, rapid fire, so I'm going to uh, yield the last question to Andrea. Andrea, go ahead. Okay, so Leo, if you're still there, I would like to ask both of you a question real quick. Can you hear me okay? Yes. Leo and Andrea should both be on now. <laughs> okay, great. So, um, okay, oh, okay, so we will go ahead and ask a couple questions to you real quick, and we're running a little closer in time. So, um, Lewis, what's a, what's a book that you read that changed your life? Oh, I would have to say Think and Grow Rich. Maybe it's awesome. You realize I'm not crazy. Andrea? <laughs> um, yep, Lewis, Andrea? Uh, what, is, what is a quote you live by? Um, uh, Zig Ziglar had a wonderful conclusion. He said, you can have everything in the world you want if you're, if you will, uh, now my mind went blank. Uh, you can have everything in the world you want if you will just help you're enough other people get them. what they want. Yeah, exactly. Hope you absolutely. Heard that. All right. Well, thank you, Lewis, for sharing I'm with us and sharing your movement and the mission of what you're trying to do to create a better world. And you and Leo are both just such heartfelt leaders and look forward to 2019 and even beyond 2020, I think is the year that some of these conversations are going to really come to light and all the actions you have to take the 10,000 hours or more that you have to put into the commitment to make it successful so congratulations on what you've accomplished, and I look forward to seeing you in San Diego and Los Angeles at some of the events we're going to be at this week. And let's put some of these things in place, and let's get your story, your key smiling story of how you are creating abundance, solving problems, and inspiring smiles. So thank you so much, Lewis, for being on the show. And thank you, Ken. It's going to be uh, wonderful to see you, give you a, a warm embrace, and to make 1919 and uh, 2019 and 2020, the years that the One Movement become actually the, the brand that people look at when they want to solve the problem of actually standing out and making a difference in the world. So we'll be back next week. Again, this program has been brought to you by the Red Carpet Connection, Keep Smiling Movement, Big Events USA. And we look forward to hearing from other great leaders to help you as an audience become a leader who's inspired to make a difference in the world. We hope you've enjoyed this week's edition of Amplified. Be sure to join Ken Rashan again next Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time and 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Now, go get your message heard.